Welcome back to the Football Kingdom Podcast. I am Brandon Johnson here with Tyler Mallon. We are officially through five weeks of the NFL season, and Kansas City Chiefs have improved to 4-1. and one. They went up to Minnesota and took on the Vikings. And my highlight for this game was the Kansas City Chiefs defense. They were taking care of business. Legereus Snead, Trent McDuffie were making huge plays. And once again, with, uh, with the Chiefs team that is still trying to find a rhythm on offense, they have a defense that is able to, to kind of carry them to victories. And with all that being said, you know, the, the Chiefs defense is going to need to carry them this year. I was looking at the, the scoring and the Chiefs offense is the seventh highest scoring team in the league through five weeks, which was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, I don't know where you're at on that one, Tyler. Well, I mean, yeah, they've, I guess that's not surprising considering the kind of slow start they've had. I mean, you miss Kelsey in week one and, you know, you got all the young guys coming up, but I've seen nothing but improvement, you know, up until including this game, which I thought was the the most improved that they've been with a passing game. And honestly, the running game is just as good. You know, it sounds... They finally uh, have a running game. Right. <laughs> yeah, they the Chiefs... It, yeah, being a Chiefs fan, it, it's very weird to not, you know, because you've had some of the best running backs of all time on your team, and it's just been non-existent for the last couple of years. And now you've got, I mean, they keep giving the ball to, you know, three guys right now, and it's working. Pacheco is, I don't even know. Like, I don't know how to explain this guy. <laughs> he's just he's like, like a locomotive. I don't know. He's, he's will not to be me... stopped. To me, he's like a he's like a mix of Marshawn Lynch and Le'Veon Bell. Beast mode, sure. It's yeah, it's impressive to watch. And you know, people are have been like, ah, Patrick Mahomes is kind of having a down year. And it's not that he's having a down year; it's that he's not really needing to be Superman all these like through every play because he has right. He has a running game. He has Isaiah Pacheco that you can get the ball to and you know, expect him to actually <laughs> move the ball forward. And again, that hasn't really happened outside of Kareem Hunt for a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's having a down year at all. You know, he's, they, he just had, yeah, like you said, he has more of an overall offense to go to. He doesn't really have a deep threat right now, and they you know, most of the teams are cutting off the top anyway for like the last three years, but he doesn't have to. And he's again, spreading the ball around. He's still making plays with his legs. He's like the third highest, you know, rusher in QBs. I mean, what more do you want the guy to do? He's still the MVP of this team. And, uh, I don't know if this is a down year yet again, this is a, well, a down year. Can you ask? A down year for Patrick Mahomes is a great year for everybody else. So you'll take it. And uh, on the subject of trying to figure things out offensively, if you're a team that is four and one on top of your division, uh, that's hard to hard to really be upset about anything. Um, 
the wide receiver core, you know, mainly is the one that we were not really sure about. They had a couple of really good drives last uh, during this Vikings game, but uh, I did get a little bit nervous. Tyler, Travis Kelsey, non-contact goes down and he's back in the <laughs> locker room. And I, I kind of thought I'm like, this is about to be a long season because that's that's uh, our one receiver that we know can be productive on the field. And non-contact typically means that you're gone for a little bit, maybe the entire season. And he miraculously came back out. A little bit nervous is an understatement. That was scary. Um, I was hoping it was just a sprained, even a high ankle. You're like, okay. He can come back later in the year. Hopefully that's worst case and it's nothing else. And miraculous is the word. He comes out, helps the team score, you know, with long drives and scores his, you know, his own touchdown. But the team looked so good whenever he was out too. I mean, those guys, uh, you know, stepped up and he spread the ball around. I think uh, Rasheed Rice got the uh the end zone he did yeah on that on that drive which i believe he's he's leading in in red zone targets this year on the chiefs okay so that's something to look at which it's great i mean young guys are coming up and only gonna get better uh but yeah i uh i live tweeted this game uh so go follow us on twitter you know football kingdom where it's actually at uh pod kingdom but uh yeah, you'll you'll find us on there, but uh, that was a lot of fun actually. Um, first time I'd ever done that, but uh, yeah, this was a really fun game. And you're going back to the defense, like you said, is it's great to see them be this dominant, um, holding Justin Jefferson at 28 yards, you know, through three quarters, and then he was hurt. Like that's that's something, you know. That's you know, the Vikings are what they are with Cousins. They're not doing that great. The, the whole one-score games that they had last year, which they won like, you know, 80% of. Yeah. They've already lost four in a row or something. Um, still, though, you're talking Justin Jefferson. He's had huge games uh, this year. And for the Chiefs to come out, McDuffie and, and Reed... Like you were saying, the shutdown that guy is is very impressive. Um, yeah, they did say that he is headed to IR. Not sure if you heard that, but he's got a hamstring. They're putting him on IR, so he's going to at least be out for four games. Um, and I think it was um, uh, Schefter who was like, "Yeah, this is what's his incentive to return if the Vikings aren't competitive." You know what? You know he's in a contract year. He hasn't gotten the contract he wanted. You know what? What do the Vikings look like the rest of this year? It's probably not good. Yeah, that's very true. If they're if they come back and he's the Vikings are you know three and eight or whatever the math is. I don't think that's correct. But <laughs> if they're if they're not improved, then right. he's there's no reason for him to come back. But the Chiefs, the going to that, the the fourth quarter, the Chiefs' defense was going after Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, he took a few licks, and 
I was <laughs> I was like, I don't know the last time I've seen a quarterback get hit that hard the way that he did a couple times. But let's see. I wanna I wanna get your opinion on the last play. Uh the the uh the non DPI in the end zone and the no call on the unsportsmanlike conduct. Um Okay. It was a really bad flag to throw in the first place. Yes. Because my first, the first thing I said was catchability. That ball was not anywhere near catchable. So I don't understand what the referee was even doing throwing a flag there. Well, the receiver didn't even see the pass. That as well. He had no idea it was even thrown, first of all. But. You know, the conspiracy theorists are out in full force and, oh, the Chiefs uh, yet again get bailed out by the refs. And I've decided that as a Chiefs fan, I, you know what? Bring it on. I I don't care if we're the if we're the hated, <laughs> the hated team in the league and it's all rigged for us, then you right. know what? I'm going to embrace it. But the referees did uh did it right by picking that flag up because that would have just that just made no sense but i do think that they owe an explanation for not calling sneed for unsportsmanlike conduct for removing his helmet i know that it wouldn't have impacted anything obviously the chiefs were getting the ball back so it wasn't like the vikings would have had the ball on the one like it you know what I mean? So, but I, why did they not penalize him? Cause they told him to put his helmet on. So I'm, un, I'm not understanding why there wasn't a penalty thrown and the chiefs weren't backed up 15 yards or half the distance or wherever they were. It was really shocking. Cause I agree with him picking up the flag in the first place. When he took his helmet off, I'm like, here we go. Like, what is he thinking? You know, I immediately was like, what the heck are you doing? And they don't throw a flag. I was shocked that they didn't. They're looking at him like, put your helmet on. And they're, we're going to go talk now. And that it's surprising. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't flag him there. Especially because they're, they're just like, oh, the, we're just going to talk now. And we understand that you're, you're upset. Put your helmet back on. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's that I can understand the frustration uh on any team you know it's like why that's clearly a penalty no matter what you throw that what's tough about it is that literally in the game before it tj watt got penalized for doing the exact same thing i was in a different fashion it was in celebration but it was the same thing so everybody had an immediate um reference to go to they're like this this just happened (laughs) so a little bit of inconsistencies and something that you know, should probably get cleaned up because I was just that that whole sequence with throwing the flag, picking up the flag, not penal, not throwing a flag for Sneed. It's kind of a bad right. look for the officiating there. But and to to go back to like, you know, the haters, like I get it. Not really because people have hated the Chiefs since day one. As soon as they won the first Super Bowl, like they, they there was already people calling them out for being the new Patriots. It's like okay. Okay, you don't have no idea what it's like to have been a Chiefs fan, you know, the last 30 years, first of all. So I don't want to hear that. 
but now it's like, yeah, they get all the calls. They're all always on prime time, so everybody sees it. But give me a break here. I mean, the Vikings had so many chances to not lose. Essentially, they used, they burned all their timeouts. You know, before the end of the game, before fourth quarter, was that was that right? Uh, it was. If it wasn't before, it was, it was very fourth. early in the fourth. It was yeah. like I think there was nine minutes left in the game, and I they had a, it was. a horrendous challenge. That yeah, in the second half. Yeah, that's yeah. You not only are you burning timeouts, that you're not going to win that challenge. That made no sense. You already burned one, so now you're down. You know, you're going to be down one when you lose that challenge, which they did. And then. I don't know. They just they called a really weird game. They seemed fairly successful. They were making drives, but there was one drive where the Chiefs had four defensive penalties, you know, that just kept a drive alive and in, that in a row, yeah. Them. Oh yeah. That kept them in the game too. It's like yeah, to me it's people point that stuff out and you know, being the fan of that team you know, you can you can have a clear head and see it that way. Everybody else only sees, oh well, the Chiefs get all the calls. It's like, well, Which is, be a be-, be a better team and beat the Chiefs. Then it's hilarious. It's like, yeah, play better. Be don't be in a position where the Chiefs have a chance to win or put you down at the end of the game. But you yeah. can literally go back to the Jets game a week ago. There were two egregious penalties called against the win against the Chiefs. Right. So I don't know. You can cherry pick whatever you want to. To fit whatever narrative, but again, I'm just I'm embracing it because it's hilarious um, that we just haven't figured out that maybe the officiating in sports in general just isn't perfect. Yeah, it's frustrating to watch. But all in all, Chiefs are four and one, and. They should have a should have a little uh, an easy one coming up on Thursday night. We'll get to that one in a little bit. But yeah, and Mahomes has now beaten every team in the NFL except the Chiefs. Yeah, and it's uh, I think he's the tenth to do that. But I I uh, I was I heard that stat and I was like that feels like it didn't take him that long, and he's the first right. one under thirty to do it. There you go. So that's crazy. Absolutely insane. And he, this is the first time that he's even had a chance to play the Vikings because the first, the first time that uh, they had an opportunity, I think uh, Matt Moore was uh, filling in because of Mahomes' knee injury. So okay. finally got his shot. But very cool to honestly just, it seems like each week Patrick Mahomes is. You know, the youngest player to do this, the fastest to do that, or just breaking another record or doing something that's just absolutely insane and just building on a an already Hall of Fame career. Yeah, that's the thing is Kansas City fans, you know, are not, you know, Patriots fans. <laughs> I know this is like a losing battle that I'm just talking, but... Hey, if you're here, you know, th- this is my uh, thing. It's like, we're very humble. You know, we've had the the Royals to that we've cheered for forever and finally got, got to see them win. And now we have Patrick Mahomes, like one of the most exciting players who's doing all these things super young. And uh, we don't take it for granted. You know, <laughs> this is something we've always wanted to see. And, you know, it is what it is. Yep. 
embrace it. Like you said, don't take it for granted and enjoy it. But enough about the Chiefs for now. There were uh, there were more games that happened over the weekend, Tyler. Uh, Raven Steelers was uh, one of the early games, and the Ravens had an opportunity, Tyler, to uh, to give themselves some separation in the AFC North. They were three and one heading into this week. Everybody else was uh, was two and two or one and three, and. The Ravens, the Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. They really messed this one up. You know, they didn't kick a field goal in the first half. And they should have. We've seen that bite uh, the Chiefs before in the postseason. They just sometimes get the points. Um, and they also had, I think it was either seven or eight dropped passes. I saw Lamar Jackson put multiple passes right into his receiver's hands, and they just, they just dropped them. And... The Steelers, you know, they took uh, they took advantage of the opportunity and ended up winning the game. So the Steelers are in first place in the AFC North, where the Ravens completely screwed up an opportunity to be four and one as we're talking today. Yeah, this was a tough watch, but much like a train wreck, I couldn't look away. <laughs> so I was watching this in the the Dolphins game and flipping back and forth it's it was brutal like i i think um lamar had three touchdown passes that were dropped three then they were perfect passes like these were not oh hard catches. To, to aguilar it was beautiful yeah. and it just <laughs> went right through his hands I mean, Ow. even I think Mark Andrews even dropped one. He definitely dropped some passes. I don't know if he dropped one of the touchdowns, but it was, I mean, this was not a Lamar, you know, game where he didn't show up. Like, he he did everything he could, you know, and his team let him down, much like the Chiefs in week one, just everybody dropping passes. But Steelers made some really good plays at the end because they kept letting them back in the game. And also Lamar did throw that back-breaking Red zone interception in the end zone to give it back. And yeah, a lot of mistakes by the Ravens. They they just kept giving the Steelers a chance. And as we know, NFL teams are really good. And you give them a chance, they're going to come come back and bite you. And what's tough about that is, you know, like I said, the Ravens had a chance to create a little bit of separation here because the Bengals, Joe Burrow looked really good the other day. Uh, 36 for 46, 317 yards, three touchdowns. And they're two and three, and this isn't the first time that the Bengals have had to you know, take a little bit to put something together and find a rhythm. And you might you might start to see it coming up. And they're one game back, still early on in the season. So, and I was really hoping, I was hoping, just I guess for the Chiefs fan in me, that we could bury the the Bengals early, but they're still gonna hang around. Yeah, and I guess, um, you know, uh, Joe Burrow looked like his old self. Jamar Chase had 16 catches, three touchdowns or something like that. Yep, he had just under 200 yards receiving. So that was without T. Higgins in that game. So, 
you know, give them a chance to come back. They're probably going to do it if Burrow's healthy. Yep. AFC North is always good, fun football to watch. I've always, I've always felt like that division when they play each other, it's just like the Ravens and Steelers, those games are so physical. Right. I yeah, think it's going to be. Division. They're all gonna kind be... of. <laughs> You're good. Oh, I was going to say they're, they're all kind of rivals. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be tight and interesting to watch down the stretch. I'm not really sure what's going on with Deshaun Watson. He's had an injury, but. And they're making a big deal of him practicing inside when the rest of the team was practicing outside. So I have no clue what's going on with the Browns other than they are doing Browns things. <laughs> and speaking of teams doing things that they are known for, the Cowboys had they had an opportunity here. Went into San Francisco Sunday night football to play the 49ers and Jerry uh, Jerry Jones said earlier this week how we play against the 49ers will kind of tell us where we are as a team this season. And this would have been this this game should have had some juice for the Cowboys. 49ers knocked the Cowboys out of the playoffs for two seasons in a row. I was kind of hoping the Cowboys would come in here and try to make a statement. 49ers are the Super Bowl favorites right now. And this would have been a good time to play the Niners tough or even beat the Niners on the road and have people actually take you seriously as a team. And that just didn't happen. The Cowboys went in there and it ended up being a laugher. Dak Prescott was terrible. Honestly, maybe one of the worst games in his career. Three three interceptions. And to me... I can't, I can't. After watching that, sit here and say, "Yeah, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys are a serious Super Bowl contender." No, Dak. And this is why we talk about Dak the way we do. You know, in the in the preseason, we're like, "Listen, Dak, we just don't believe in this guy. Never really have. Don't really see it with him. He has, you know." spurts of games where he looks good but this is one of those games where you go in and you're like you have to show what you're worth like you said and they just no showed i mean it wasn't even competitive 10 points you know i mean honestly the niners have a fantastic team especially when they're all healthy they just i think kyle Juszczyk had two touchdowns or something i mean the team is just stacked and the cowboys had no answers not even on defense so no, I it's absolutely Niners and Eagles in the uh, NFC. I don't really see yeah. the Cowboys making a stance in the playoffs at all. No, it's it's Niners, Eagles, and everybody else. And like even if the Cowboys stumbled into a a, a matchup against 49ers, if they found themselves in a title game somehow, I think it's just going to be another ugly matchup where the 49ers just have their way but with the 49ers they are 5-0 and along with the Eagles but 49ers have always been good we've talked about it Kyle Shanahan I think he's a great coach and they haven't really had a quarterback that 
you feel like makes a real impact on the team as uh, as long as Kyle Shanahan's been there. And now you have Brock Purdy, who, you know, for me, it's time to take him off the probation period. He's a bona fide NFL quarterback, and he's a good one. And they already had a great roster. And now you have a quarterback that you see he can do it. So the 49ers are terrifying. Yeah, both him and the Eagles, you know, sitting in the AFC, watching these guys just go at it. It's it's clearly those two teams. And you're absolutely right. Brock Purdy threw four touchdowns. He's just Mr. Irrelevant, and he looks like one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. You know, and there, there's all these people talking about, like, you know, other guys could come in. I think it was Orlovsky who said uh, Mac Jones would look just the, just as good in, the, in his mm. position. I'm like, come on, guy. Like, this is, <laughs> this is a different level of, of QB for a guy who got drafted last. And, you know, it's... It's I'm a believer, you know, because in the preseason I said, hey, I don't know if he's the guy. Like you're st- you're pushing, you know, all your chips in on this dude and trading away Trey Lance and all this, and he's clearly the dude. He's built for this offense, and I really do think it's yeah, it is the coaching that's just kind of unlocking this guy. Yeah, there's great coaching, and you had fair hesitation going into the season because Purdy had that injury had the surgery and he needed to recover. So there was, it was fair to question, are they making the right move by going with him? But to, to be able to have a first round quarterback and go, nah, we're good. We're going to go with the guy that we drafted last uh, and, and be able to say, we're going to do that. And then it works out. I mean, what what else can you do? Right. The Jags and the Bills matched up with each other in London over the weekend. Jacksonville stayed over there for the last couple of weeks to play their home away from home games. And brought in the Bills and ended up taking care of business, beating them 25 to 20, putting themselves on top of the AFC South after winning two straight and knocking the bills back down to second, putting the dolphins back in first in the AFC East. Yeah. The bills came in and you were thinking they're definitely going to win this game. Well, not definitely, but they're clearly the stronger team or have been in the past. And it's pretty much a home game. I heard that there was a lot of, uh, a lot more Bills fans, you know, especially because London is kind of a home, you know, Jaguar. Like, they've really been trying to make that a Jags home game. And uh, apparently there was a lot of Bills, you know, homers there as well. But um, I don't know. There was a lot of talk about jet lag and this and that. It's like, I don't really buy that. You know, you're you're there playing a football game. Uh, I think you're the better team and probably should have won this, but... You know, lose against the Jags is kind of the kind of, you know, uh, Josh Allen's forte. Like he just kind of goes up and down week to week. You don't really know what you're going to get with this dude. Yeah, I think that the Bills are also I think they lose to Jacksonville a lot. So. 
Can't say I'm super surprised. Yeah, so Jacksonville comes back to the States and they take on the Colts to uh, see who's going to lead the AFC South. I did not think that the Colts were going to do remotely anything this season, but they've got three wins. And so far, they're going to make Jacksonville work for winning that division. Uh, Yeah, so Anthony Richardson is actually going to be out. Um, They just say sometime, but he had a a really bad shoulder injury. Um, So yeah, I don't really see the Jags losing this next game this week. Uh, They just say uh, Richardson's got an AC joint sprain, so yeah, I would be shocked if the Jags go in and don't take care of business. A few other games to look at heading into week six kind of another just weak slate of football games nothing really standing out chiefs take on the broncos on thursday night football in a game that the chiefs should win comfortably Uh, i know it's inside the division so that's where, where weird things happen but i i think the chiefs should go in and take care of business uh along with that Cowboys and Chargers are on Monday night, and this is a game that I actually think, uh, you know, having said what I said about the Cowboys, I still think they're a good football team, and I think that they'll go into Los Angeles and honestly probably have a a home crowd out there, and I think they'll take care of business against the Chargers. Yeah, that's kind of what they do. You know, they're really good against mediocre or bad teams and can't show up against the teams that... You know, yeah, going back to the the Cowboys Niners, like you really want to see them like that's a preview of the playoffs. And if they don't show up now, like what do we who cares? Not now we don't care whenever the Cowboys and Niners potentially meet up in the playoffs. Like we already know the outcome. Like they got totally embarrassed. I don't really see them getting better. You know, so now you're just like, okay, well the Cowboys are kind of they're kind of a non-issue in the playoffs at this point, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, Cowboys will go in, take care of the Chargers. I don't know. It could be a good game. Chargers are pretty good. They might be getting Eckler back. Um, so could be a pretty good matchup. We need the Cowboys to win that game. Just for the sake of the AFC West. Yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs and Broncos, obviously the Broncos just can't seem to do anything right. And, you know, the the one win they had was a comeback victory over arguably the worst team in football and the Chicago Bears. So if the Chiefs have any sort of trouble with this game, I will be surprised. I have the Chiefs winning this game like 28 to 10. I think that the Broncos can stumble into a touchdown somewhere. And I think this is a game where you see the wide receiver core start to blossom and the defense just have a a shutdown game. Yeah. There's a lot of talk on the Broncos um, locker room about, you know, they're already going to start blowing it up and trading things away. It's, it's not sounding very good uh, from their reporters. Um, So yeah, this, this would be a perfect time for the chiefs to really, you know, spread out their passing game and, and figure out, 
what exactly they want to do. I don't have any belief that the Broncos will be competitive, especially after the Jets game that they had. You know, I think we got to watch like the last three minutes of that game and it's just comedy of errors, you know, just boneheaded plays by Russell Wilson and uh, yeah. And if there's people talking about, you know, will Kelsey be healthy? It's like, sit Kelsey. <laughs> I think we could start Blaine Gabbard and, and beat this Broncos team. So I got no worries here. So yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, go check us out on Twitter at pod kingdom. And thanks for listening to football kingdom. We'll see you next week.